And welcome to the Art of Community podcast. I'm Heather Cotton, and this is my husband, Ben. Hello. Thanks for joining us as we explore the joys and pains of meaningful life together. This episode, we are going to look at the role of a personality and personality tests and how it impacts our relationships. It can be very helpful to learn about yourself, uh, your natural strengths, your weaknesses as a tool for being a better friend and even a conversationalist. But there's also some pitfalls, so we want to help you avoid those along the way. We want to talk about those as well as look at the sample personality tests that we took and just talk through all of that. So I can say my sister-in-law and I have had (laughs) years of talking about every different kind of personality test. Endlessly. We'd love to try to like fully define who everybody is. Yeah. And I resist it at every turn. He does. So that's going to be personality type. I don't like personality tests. Yeah. Can't box me in, baby. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yes. So that will be our discussion today. Welcome to episode eight. Like my singing. That's so pretty. I thought it was. All right. So before some vocals, (laughs) you're going to add the vocals. I'm sure Elisa will love that. She'll love that. (laughs) Our friend Elisa (laughs) wrote the music, by the way. I think we said that a few episodes ago, but just as a reminder. We say it. It's often because we're so appreciative. Yes. It's so beautiful. So before we go into our personality test results, we need to talk about the good and the bad of personality tests whether that be Enneagram, which is kind of huge right now, um, Mm -hmm. Myers-Briggs, which people talk about a lot. This one that we took, I don't even know what it's called. It's called uh, the five, was it the big five aspects? That's a weird name for a test. Yeah. They also have really weird words. We'll get into it later. Weird people. Yeah. Like this is more written by psychologists and like studying human behavior and how people interact with each other. And, but, they also use weird words that don't make any sense. I mean, they make sense in a normal conversation, but they don't use them in the right way. So, or in the same way. No, it's the right way. <laughs> like <laughs> when I read when I read this, it was like that just means you're high in conscientiousness. Yeah, Con- but then their definition of conscientiousness was not ex- at all what the word conscientiousness means. It drives me crazy. So I like this test. But I don't like their words because they don't use the right words. That's my, that's my, um, well, it's no weirder than the Enneagram, which is like all numbers. Yeah, I know. But, but at least a number doesn't have a definition. Like these words have definitions that we assign. And then, so like as an example, we'll get into it more in a minute, (laughs) but it's like, it was talking about intellect and it it was like, you're low in intellect. And I was like, what? Like, I'm not dumb. But it's like talking about, I don't even like know what it's Being an intellectual. Somebody likes talking about like abstract things all the time for no, for no other reason than because it's fun. Yeah, that's a waste of time. Yeah, it makes you crazy. Yeah. 
So, so but also it made it sound like I was conflict between me and you on a regular basis. <laughs> well, I like certain. I do like certain <laughs> topics of intellectual, but like if it has a practical it, use, yeah, yeah, to you, yep. yeah. There needs to be like some life application or like ways that it's impacting life as a whole. Or it it's feels not fun like a, for you just to do it. No. Right. So anyway, all that to say, as you can see, we're going to have some good stuff to talk this about. This will be like on the air re- recorded marriage counseling. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we haven't had a lot of time. This this month has been insane for us. June has been insane for us. And so... Um, we haven't had, had a whole lot of time to research and yeah. talk about this ahead of time, so we might be processing as we go. But yeah. So, what are some strengths that you think are strengths when when you're talking about personality tests, and why do we even need? Like, how are they helpful? Uh, well, I think there's a a number of reasons. I think they can be super helpful um, in a lot of ways. One is it helps you to kind of play to your strengths. So, really, what we're talking we're not really what we're talking about is understanding yourself and having some tools to also understanding other people. And so when you understand yourself better, you can play to your strengths. Um, A big element of maturing as a person, I think is learning to put more effort into the things you're actually good at or gifted at, because that's where the most fruit's going to be in your life. And then kind of shoring up, in the areas where you're weak and maybe getting more help. So that kind of helps you understand in your life, like, like even like in our marriage or um, in church life, all these different things. Like if I'm having to do something that I know I'm not good at, I know immediately I need to ask for help in Mm -hmm. that area. Yeah. And the, and that's not just with like tasks. It's also just certain people skills I know I'm weak in. And so I need to kind of know that and also kind of go, but I am good at these things. I'm strong in this area. And so I'm going to kind of lean into that. And I think it's actually really freeing. Yeah. You do that. And I, um, I'm going to talk about the negative aspects because like I I mentioned that Martha Margaret and I love talking through, um, personality tests. Mm -hmm. Um, because it like to us it's a lot of fun. And I do that with friends as well. Like when we're talking about different personality tests and how it impacts us. And it's like it's fun to kind of like better understand people. And it's like somehow I think people feel known. But the weakness that I've seen, um, at least just in the years of observing people, and when there's kind of like a spike in popularity, so like right now it is the Enneagram is like the popular one, is that people can use their personality tests or use the personality definition to basically say, oh, well, this is who I am. So like allows them to be a jerk or allows them to be lazy in certain areas or allows them to like not push through or allows them to not like to have an excuse to not mesh with a personal personality that they might not usually mesh with. And so um, I would say like, as we're talking through this, just to be aware of that, that like, there is a proclivity in all of us to be selfish. And so to, to recognize the fact that you shouldn't use something like a definition, something that's going to help define you to, um, to be selfish or yeah. to, um, you, you should use it as a way, like you said, to bring strength to the places where you're weak and to capitalize on your strengths 
but you shouldn't use it as an excuse to either not do something because you're not strong in it or to do or to act a certain way because you're weak in something. Right. Um, so I, I would say that that's definitely one of the weaknesses. Yeah. I think it's dangers. like, it's like it becomes an, it can, and I, it's one of my big beefs with the craze that sometimes happens over like right now it's Enneagram, but it's not just Enneagram. It's any, it, you know, it was Myers-Briggs before that. It was, you know, others, which is like, it becomes an excuse for stagnation as a person. Yeah. And so you say, well, I'm an introvert. If you're Myers-Briggs, you know, I'm high introversion, low extroversion. And so that becomes like the definition of who you are. And it's, and it's like a, a thing that can't change. It's a set point. You know, this is just who I am and who is who I'll always be. It's like, well, yes and no. Like I think your score on a personality test should change over the years because you've grown yeah, and you've matured in certain areas where there's weaknesses to where maybe you were super low in one area and then it should go up over time and not be a fixed point necessarily because you've worked on yourself. Yeah. And it might change as well with seasons of life. You know, yeah. like I am naturally an extrovert, but especially being in pastoral ministry over the years, I have become a little bit more of an introvert than I was when I was a kid or a teenager or even when we first got married. Mm-hmm. Um, like then I wanted to be around people all the time. I, I just like couldn't get enough. And like, that's what would bring me life. And now it that is still true. However, to really recharge, I need to be by myself because we're around people so right. so often that I have found over the years I've changed in that regard. And so it might be even seasons of life that that you're kind of high in a strength and low in a weakness. So then why is this important? Like even understanding personality, why is that important for community? Which is like that's the that's what we're really talking about with mm-hmm. this podcast. So why do we even I mean, we don't, we should say that you don't have to take a personality test in order to be in community. Um, You don't even have, like, you don't have to do that. But it is a good way to kind of like take stock of your natural strengths and weaknesses. And so, what, why do you think it's important if you're in the conversation about community? I think it's important because it can, one, it can help you understand why certain people are harder for you to connect with than others. Not as, like we were just saying, not as an excuse to say, well, now I have a name for it, so now I don't have to worry about it. It's more like, okay, oh, I understand now that I'm this way and that person is that way. It's it's just who they are, and it begins to give you tools to kind of overcome that and connect with people that are normally hard for you. I also think it helps you understand why, like in my case, this has been really powerful, is that... I've always tested very high in introversion on these tests. And I've had to like challenge that because I don't have like a natural innate thing driving me into community. Mm-hmm. I like guess not in my personality to just want that. I have to cultivate it. And you've actually been a huge, huge part of that because you do have that drive yeah, to go and connect with people and, and include people and draw people into your life and into our home. And that I don't have, that doesn't come naturally to me. So I've had to challenge that really hard for years and years and years because it was a, like a, it began for me as a doctrinal theological value and then worked backwards. 
and discovering, okay, I'm an introvert, so this is an area where I'm going to have to grow in order to do the thing that I'm convinced about theologically. And also helps me not get annoyed with you <laughs> when you're pushing to like, because I go, oh, that's a weakness of mine. It's a strength of Heather's that I need to lean into her strength in this area because yeah. it's, I'm, but I'm convinced biblically that it's what God wants me to do. And so I can kind of manage all of that. And one of the big tools for me is just discovering that I'm wired a certain way. And so I can't just sit back and like wait for this motivation to come upon me because it's just never going to happen. It's yeah. got to be something I discipline myself to do. Yep, definitely. And by the way, it doesn't mean, you know, when I say that, it doesn't mean I don't like you. If 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 I'm hanging out with you, it doesn't mean it's a chore. It just means I have to be intentional about it. It doesn't come naturally to me. Yeah, you don't crave like people mm -hmm. time. You like even on a family dynamic. I'm like. Okay, let's come into the room where everybody else right. is because it's like just he's fine sitting by himself. It's not what fills him up is not being around people. But right. so discovering that in particular is a good example of why I think it's is can be really helpful. Yeah, um, definitely. So let's talk a little bit about uh, the, the one that we took. I don't see the name of it on here anywhere, so I can't it's tell. It's called the Big Five. Do you want me to explain it? A yeah. Bit? Um. So this, we, we, I intentionally chose one that probably most people are not that familiar with because I thought it would be more interesting than just maybe, maybe that's my personality because <laughs> I didn't want to just like, well, I'm an Enneagram eight wing one and then end of conversation. It's not very interesting. <laughs> um, and I don't remember the, what my Myers-Briggs is. Um, cause I you don't also remember, don't remember your Enneagram. I'm an eight. No, you're not. You're a nine. You can't be an eight wing one. You're either a nine wing one <laughs> Or a nine wing eight. You can't be an eight wing one. It's okay. Just Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so it begins. All right. So so the, the, this is just comes from a massive research project done internationally across all cultures, genders, etc. And they came up with five common traits between all of those people that they surveyed. So I'll, the categories themselves come from a lot of research, which is one thing I like about this test. Um, so here's the five. And like Heather said, the, na the, the names are a little <laughs> sometimes not what you expect. Okay, so the first, is, uh, first category is agreeableness. And each one of these has two subcategories, and that helps you understand them better. So the first is agreeableness. And the two subcategories for that are compassion and politeness. Okay, so that's kind of self-explanatory. The second is conscientiousness, um, which subcategories for that are industriousness and orderliness. So they're not conscientiousness here doesn't mean you care about people. It means that you're like attention to detail, kind mm -hmm. of type A, orderly, industrious, hardworking, that kind of thing. Extroversion, that's enthusiasm and assertiveness. So again, it's not exactly the way a lot of people mean extroversion. You're enthusiastic excited and you're assertive um, it's a little bit more like type a kind of thing yeah and then neuroticism which is <laughs> sounds really negative and it can be but neuroticism is is uh withdrawal and volatility volatility is like your emotions are up and down they're not steady um and then openness to experience is the fifth and that is broken down into openness 
and intellect. And intellect is not IQ. It's like we described, <laughs> described that a minute ago. It's like you enjoy thinking about, discussing, learning about like abstract things just for the sake of it. Well, and um, that that one also includes creativity. And I thought that was interesting right, right. when I was reading this, the openness to experience one. Like that one, I feel like right now I'm low on in this stage of life. Like how I was talking about they can change in your stage of life. Mm-hmm. Because I've had moments, I've had times in my life where I have a very high level of like creativity and wanting to discover. And, um, but like right now, I don't have time for that. Like I don't have, I, I really mm-hmm. don't have, I'm having to put my time in so many other places that that has fallen to the bottom of my like list of priorities. Right. And so, but there's other times where I think I would score a lot higher on that um, than I am right now um, because I was answering it kind of like, um, just from that that perspective yeah. of, and I think as a general principle with all personality tests, especially the ones that give you like kind of a rating, like you're really high in this or low or medium or whatever, it's really I think in the comparison between traits where the magic is. Don't get hung up on your score because I think that can go up and down depending on your mood, your season of life. Uh, you know, all those sorts of things, but looking at like, well, I'm high in this as opposed to this, that's where I think the, the real benefit is. Another thing that's cool about this test is it lets you connect it to other people and it gives you a report, which is what we're going to look at. Yeah. It's you, not just mine and separate from Heather's. It, it puts it us together, linked them together and did comparisons, which is, I think really cool. It, we should say, though, I think this one costs like $10 or something. Yeah, it does. So, I think you can find a free one, but this one is like the people actually did the original study. Right. And it gives you 100 questions. It took me like 30 minutes. Yeah, I think oh, it's worth it. it did not it. take me that long. Really? No, it took me like 10 minutes. I thought about every single one. Oh, but you also took it twice, which is, in my mind, cheating. It is cheating. You're not. They tell you not to. But I was in a really bad mood <laughs> when I took the first <laughs> one. And... <laughs> And the things I was in a bad mood about are the things that I scored off on this. So I just took it again. <laughs> okay. I'll I give you like a pass this time. <laughs> I was stressed out and being irritated. I was stressed out because of stuff I hadn't gotten done. And it was a bad time to take the test, but I did. Yeah. It. So we're going to, um, we'll talk through like some of the parts. I'm looking at the report that um, compares us together. Um, and I kind of, we kind of highlighted some things that are interesting about how, cause part of what it says is like you as a couple or you as a, um, a pair will like, here's the strengths and weaknesses of you being high and low or you being separate. Mm-hmm. It's even comparing like you're both high in agreeableness, but you're high in different ways. And so it's looking at all that. We both scored high on agreeableness. Ben was at 74th percentile and I'm at 96th percentile. I'm not quite as agreeable as you. I'm <laughs> slightly more grumpy than you. <laughs> slightly. But no, it doesn't even mean that. Like, it's more talking about the when it's talking about agreeable here, it's talking about sensitive, cooperative, trusting, forgiving, uh, prefer cooperation over competition, tend yeah. to not really like conflict. And we both, so we both scored pretty high. What does it, it say says, about how we're in as a comparison? Cu- it says, as a couple, we're high in agreeableness. As such, our relationship will tend to embody the virtues and faults of the high agreeableness in general. You and your partner are slightly different in agreeableness, meaning that we we scored with different questions, like he would score higher than I would on a question. 
So it could present a problem in a relationship at times, although your differences are not very big. You may at times find it difficult to understand each other's motivations and actions, as well as have difficulties communicating your needs and negotiating. You'll have, (laughs) you will differ very slightly in your account of others and how concerned you are with the emotional state of your partner, as well as your opinions of other people and your interpretations of their motives. You can use differences to your advantage, even helping each other to develop the virtue of the opposite trait. So, yeah, so like when when uh, you walked in here before we started this with two drinks, two different drinks, I said, which one do you want? Mm-hmm. I mean, it used to be neither one of us could say. We'd stand there for a stupid amount of time, <laughs> frozen in our agreeableness. Yeah. <laughs> We've kind of learned like to at least – to not do that, be that bad, but it's still like a temptation every time. Something well, like happens. this one, this is a little bit more clear where it says, and this is still part of agreeableness. It says, you, meaning Ben, will tend to see me as a bit naive, over over sympathetic, and easily taken advantage of, <laughs> which is like literally a regular conversation we have. Yeah. Um, and your partner. Conversation is in air quotes. Yeah. <laughs> strong, <laughs> intense conversation. Uh, and it says that I could. Uh, I wish that he would be less argumentative, um, more self-oriented, more cooperative, and more likely to apologize and kinder. Which Ben's pretty kind, but I do sometimes wish he would cooperate more. And um, <laughs> <laughs> and it says that Ben would be a bit more blunt and tougher and more stubborn, which he, gosh, he is, um, as well as more truth. likely to push Hashtag things. Hashtag truth. He'll have somewhat more. Care- he'll be somewhat more careful to make sure that. I do not feel taken advantage of as this will cause problems such as treatments in the long run as resentment in the wrong, long run. Sorry. Yeah. Um, yep. And so that is something that we have to talk about, especially with us being in leadership and church was like, okay, do you really need to do that? And I'm like, yes, of course I need to do it. They really need me. And he's like, but do you really can mm-hmm. somebody else step in? Because for me, it's fun to help people. For me, I won't, that's part of my personality is some, it's part of what makes me tick, mm-hmm. but it is a good, it, that really is a good place that we balance each other because in the same regard, I'll say you probably need to do this with somebody. And because he's so agreeable for the most part, he will agree. But sometimes he's like, that's not my job. Mm-hmm. And sometimes he's right. And sometimes he's wrong. So like we're able right. to kind of balance. So you that. can see like, even just with this one example about agreeableness, how in a community of friends, just having the awareness of learning who's agreeable and who's not, or who's more higher in that trait than others will help you do things like one, be careful not to take advantage of them, recognizing that it's sometimes hard for them to assert themselves and encouraging them not to just do whatever you say. Yeah. You know, so you learn to like strengthen people in the weaknesses of agreeableness but also really appreciate them because they are agreeable. And that's a positive trait in a large amount of situations. So like, and, and one thing that it says here is that, that I would be more likely to be compassionate, caring, empathetic, self-sacrificing and polite. Mm-hmm. And he would be more willing to kind of say, we need to care, f- care for ourselves as well. The agreeableness in his would be like to, almost to watch out for me. Right. So, which is interesting because that, that is, I mean, that's just a really good balance, but it says you can help your partner, meaning Ben. Ben can help me by learning to negotiate um, with difficult people, to help me f- further my own career, to help with my educational 
education and personal interest. Cause a lot of times I'll put those aside for the benefit of, I mean, because I want to benefit other people. Um, I can help him think uh, more about others and get along with them better as well as to cooperate and trust when appropriate. And you'll, and he'll sometimes have to be careful not to impose his own will so strongly and um, <laughs> ignore and neglect me <laughs> um I'm, some of this i'm reading for why'd, the first time <laughs> why'd you stumble over that like that because it just sounds i don't know it just sounds kind of mean it's not but that's mean. okay it's but um then it says it doesn't mean that i always ignore and neglect you it no. just does mean that i that is and especially when you because i'm also is conscientiousness next um uh compassion is yeah i think we should jump to conscientiousness because i think that plays in because i'm also low in conscientiousness and yeah. you're really high in it yeah, and this does say like at, because we're both agreeable, we'll tend to have kind of a conflict-free relationship, which it, we don't have a lot of conflicts, and when we do, we tend to resolve them pretty quickly. Let's talk really quick about compassion because that is part of agreeableness. I I highlighted one thing in particular. It says that you may find it difficult to understand each other's motivations, perceptions, and actions having to do with this aspect. And again, that it kind of highlighted that in agreeableness as well. I'm higher in compassion. Uh, he's Ben is 48th percentile and I'm 93rd. So he's like right at wow. average and I'm pretty, pretty high. Yeah, that's a big difference. Mm-hmm. And it says because your partner, meaning me, is high in compassion, she's likely to be oriented towards the problems of other people and other living things. And you, <laughs> you will not primarily be oriented towards such problems. <laughs> but you might, may find them important at different times, which is true. <laughs> Some, uh, like, sometimes other living things are important to me. Uh, <laughs> it says your partner is unlikely to be competitive, which I can be competitive in games, but I'm not competitive in other things. Not at all. Um, yeah. And then either with you or in other domains, which I don't even know what that means. And you will not be particularly competitive either. Your partner um, is likely to be conflict averse, which I don't really like conflict. It's funny because I want him to do conflict. I want him to have con- like, not have conflict, but like <laughs> con- confront, have confrontation with people. You get mad at me for not being confrontational enough, yeah. which I'm not, um, but you also are not. Yeah. And, and that's part of what this is saying. It's like my compassion makes it so that I tend to not be confrontational. I may be prone to be more resentful if we don't discuss problems about our relationships. Um, I will often do kind things for others, even at the expense of my own needs. Mm-hmm. And I'll and preach and that Ben would, <laughs> will help me strike a balance between doing kind things for others and advocating on my own behalf. People yeah. are likely to come to to me for a sympathetic ear and to him for a balanced perspective, which is really funny. <laughs> we read that earlier. We were just both started laughing because yeah. that is that's that's like. Probably some of y'all who know us are laughing too, because yep. that's that's so common that dynamic right there. Yeah, and um, we can help develop virtues of higher compassion in each other. Like I can help him to be more comp- caring and sympathetic, and he can help me to be more balanced. Mm-hmm. So I think that that I was think a- we do a pretty good job of that. Yeah, yeah, especially as we've grown in our relationship. I think that's one of the things, too, when we're talking about community is that part of it is to not always see somebody as out to get you or out to change you in a bad way, but to recognize that that people are in our lives to help sanctify us, to help to 
highlight the places of sin in our lives to Mm -hmm. help. If I, it doesn't mean that you walk around submitting your life to everybody, um, but the people that you're in community with, the people that you actually want a deep relationship with, if you always are keeping it, your walls up to say, don't try to change me. Don't try to tell me to be somebody I'm not. Tell don't like if that's your attitude yep. towards people, then you're going to be closed off to people and it's not going to be a good thing. Yeah. And I think that's a massive kind of idolatrous abuse of these personality things, regardless of what test it is that I see a lot is it becomes like a shield between you and other people where you don't change and they aren't allowed into your life. And Instead, you can. It's meant. I think most of the people who make these things, it's meant to do the opposite. It's to actually help you and encourage you to connect and understand yourself, understand your strengths and weaknesses, so that you can grow. And I think that's part of the goal. So, if we're jumping then to conscientiousness, this one we kind of laughed at. And again, the definition is not <laughs> being conscientious like like we would normally think about. It's going to encompass. Uh, Let's see. It encompasses orderliness, industriousness. Yeah. Industriousness and orderliness. So um, Ben is uh, one percentile (laughs) (laughs) for conscientiousness. And uh, I'm 80th percentile. That's almost zero. Yeah. Um, Crazy. So it says conscientiousness is associated with detail, hard work, persistence, orderliness, as well as adherence to rules, standards, and processes. Conscientiousness <laughs> may be... I feel like people that know me are laughing right oh, now. Oh, yeah. I mean, this is... this is Yeah. And it may... I mean, so like this is where I think these personality tests are fun because I'm like, oh, like, yes, I knew this about you. Yeah. Um, so it just... And it alleviates uh, some of my guilt. Yeah. Not all of it, it has helped, though. I mean, because we take it, we know this from years of experience, but like about some of this stuff, especially like orderliness, detail, all that kind of stuff. We know now not to put Ben in charge of that stuff. Mm-mm. Either me or people in our lives that are good at this stuff. We say, could you please take take this um, and do this? Because yeah, and it takes enormous effort for me to be moderately good at this yeah and pretty much he always misses details soul crushing effort to get almost nothing out of it yeah so ben is low in consciousness uh consciousness conscientiousness (laughs) i cannot say that word i am also low in consciousness (laughs) (laughs) but it says that they're very relaxed and flexible and non-judgmental heck yeah which is true it's all positive they're not obsessive or rigid or tyrannical um they may Avoid work when necessary. Um, and, and it's always necessary. <laughs> they like to live in the moment and figure things out as they go, which that's definitely true. Um, and they, it can make them fun to be around, which is definitely people tend to think that about, about you, Ben. And um, on the negative side, they're less ambitious than other people and they may come off as underachievers and they prone, they are prone to make excuses for wasting their time. Mm-hmm. Uh, people who are unconscientious may also be less interested in marriage, which is not true. We got married when we were young mm-hmm. and are less goal oriented, maybe less bothered to be in an undefined relationship. So for myself, I'm more dedicated, reliable, committed. I'm very prone to guilt, more dutiful, and I have a will to work hard without being pushed to do so. You're very high conscientiousness. Yeah, I'm 80th percentile. <laughs> so, and I mean, so it is. I wonder we survived. Yeah, no. 
And it is true. And it's funny too, because before Ben was a pastor, like his one negative job critique <laughs> that he had in his job was that he did not have a, how do they say it? Uh, I did not express a sense of urgency. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> At and all. When they said that, cause we've been married for like probably seven years when he got that. And I was like, Oh my gosh, this is what I've been trying to say for all these years. Like you sometimes he doesn't always get the stuff done, but usually he'll get it done. He just doesn't act like he's going to get it done until it's done. And so my boss crazy. It drives me crazy. Poor woman I yes. lost her mind. Cause I would always get stuff done, but she thought I wasn't until the, until it. Yeah. Landed on her desk. So uh, this says that because of this, because we're so different, it means that the two of us are going to be significantly different and have different strategies for dealing with the world, which can be beneficial for us as a couple. However, it can present challenges within our relationship that you may have, and you may have trouble understanding one another at, um, at any given time. You'll have to be careful to avoid pitfalls. Um, and so like... Uh, your partner will be more, this time on me, more orderly, industrious, ambitious, will work oriented, driven, efficient, prone to failure related shame and guilt mm-hmm. uh, than he would be. Partner will be more likely to succeed in their work or educational pursuits. And so the faults of that is the two of us will differ quite a lot in how hard we want to work, which this does tend to be something that <sighs> so true. we will. We'll kind of we've argued about, but I think we figured it out. And like one example of this is, um, so I always say to him when he goes on on like when he has to go on trips or something for work, that like I'm pretty sure if he died or if we weren't married, like I would just work myself to death because mm-hmm. I'm just like I'll just like work, 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 and work. I would accomplish nothing. nothing. Yeah, and nothing so- <laughs> at all, and I'd be happy not doing it. Yeah. So there's lots of times that Ben is saying to me, you need to stop work and you need to rest. And and that has been really good for me because it's the kind of thing where if I just was left to my own devices and I wasn't in relationship with Ben or, or with other people around me that say, hey, take a breather, then I wouldn't be a very well-balanced person. And then the same is true for, for Ben. If he has, like... He's gotten better as he's matured to mm-hmm. recognize the fact that he needs to put into place his systems so that he will do things on certain days. But we realize that because when left, especially when he became a pastor and it's a little bit more, there's a whole lot to do, but it's like it's more open end, more open ended. Like you have Sunday you have to be at, you have to prepare for Sunday, but then there's all these other things you have to do and there's not like a deadline or goal. He, was like, I don't even know what to do. And so like, we've learned to say, okay, well, let's put kind of structure around that. And I was able to help him with that because that's kind of what. You do that without even having to think about it. Yeah. I just, just in talking about it, I'm like, well, why don't you do this, 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 and this? And it, it makes sense to me. And he would never have even thought that way. So. Yeah. And I can see how a lot of, I mean, even in our, in our relationship, it's where a lot of the conflict is. And I can see how, people in a community it would be the same for which is you work too hard you're always you won't just sit still and just hang out with me and that's all i want to do and so then there's a conflict and you and you aren't able to be friends because you don't you aren't able to get past that superficial discomfort to the point where you realize oh you have this strength that i actually need in my life yeah because i can tell you like 
if it wasn't for me being married to Heather, I would not be able to do what I'm doing. I wouldn't have even gotten to this, to the point where I was willing to do it in the first place. <laughs> I mean, you can see just in the, just in the conscientiousness factor, God brought Heather into my life. And I know I one because with me, she doesn't work herself to death, but also the opposite is also true for me, which is I'm a, anything I accomplish or do or initiate in my life is probably not because I wanted to do it. It's because she pushed me in some way. Maybe she didn't mean to, but she pushed me in some way to do it. Yeah. And I think that's what community is supposed to be. Yep. It's supposed to be that times a bunch of different relationships on different spectrums of your life where people are lending their strength to you and you're lending yours to them so that you can all grow. And this that's why the personality thing I think is helpful, those yeah. tests, because you start to see those places in your life where you need help. Yeah, and we could go on and on. I mean, this this test was really interesting. Um, but I think that part of what's interesting about it is really where it said, like in it, it will say the strengths of you as a couple, the weaknesses of you as a couple is this, or these are some things you could run into conflicts with. And so I think even if you don't take a personality test, like I said, that's kind of like an easy checkmark box thing to do is to to take a test. Um, but if you even if you don't do that, to go into relationships, especially as you're really beginning or committing to having a relationship with people, to committing to let me understand, let me know and be aware of my strengths and weaknesses. Let me get to learn their strengths and weaknesses. And if you're both open people, if you're both open to that, then it's going to help you to grow, especially as you build trust, which that's definitely something that has to be there before you can like really fully open yourself up. But as you build trust and then you say, oh, they're speaking into my life in a way that's opposite of how I think, then it becomes, it, it's just a, it's a good thing. It's, yeah. it can be a really good thing and it be, it can make you become a much more uh, well-rounded person. Um, it helps you grow in godliness. It helps just all of that. It just help it helps with that because you're able to do that do that thing that even scripture says of ironing, sharpening iron. Yes. I encourage you. Maybe, um, yeah, start with taking, it doesn't matter what test. I really like this one. I'll put a link to this one in the show notes. Um, if you're interested in that, um, but just take, take one and maybe do that with some friends and then you can compare notes and kind of take your relationship to a different place, which, be really cool it's, yeah. a, it's also a fun thing to do i think if you're having a, a bunch of friends over for dinner you could say hey let's let's you know you know start let's talk about our different personality things and it can, it's a lot of fun to do with friends i yeah. found is you discover things about each other that you didn't know and it's like a shortcut around lots of small talk <laughs> yeah that's true <laughs> All right, so thanks for coming along and listening today. I'm glad you're joining us. I hope this was interesting to you. I hope it was fun. Uh, you can find more episodes and subscription links at artofcommunity.net. The show notes are there also. Or on most podcast form platforms, you can just search for Art of Community and find us there and subscribe. If you like the content, as always, share it. Tell your friends about it. Um, we're having a great time doing this, and I hope it's beneficial to you. Have a great week and we'll see you guys next time. Bye.